0: Bringing you the latest in tax credit news, this is Tax Credit Tuesday with your host, Michael Novogratik. Hello, I'm Michael Novogratik, and this is Tax Credit Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, March twentieth, two 2018. It's likely that today Congress will release an omnibus bill to fund the federal government passed this Friday. And such a bill has the potential to include low-income housing tax credit provisions. If that happens, it'll be interestingly juxtaposed to something that happened 26 years ago today. On March 20th, 1992, President George H.W. Bush vetoed a bill that would have permanently extended the long income housing tax credit. House Democrats had narrowly advanced the bill on a vote of 221 to 209 as a tax cut for the middle class. But President Bush rejected the measure, in part because it would be paid for by raising the maximum tax rate on in high-income individuals from 31 to 35 percent, as you know, the Long Housing Tax Credit ultimately did become a permanent, or at least indefinite, part of the tax code the following year under the leadership of President Bill Clinton. Turning to this week's podcast, I'll talk about the upcoming funding deadline, a House subcommittee hearing on tax extenders, and the possibility, yes, of a second phase of tax reform. Then after that, I'm going to share a roundup of other headlines from the past week. It includes the National Low Income Housing Coalition's latest Affordable Rental Housing Report, the CDFI Fund's Capital Magnet Fund Awards, a report on Federal store tax credit investments, as well as a bill in Oklahoma that would cap the state's wind production tax credit. If you're ready, let's get started. In general news, the deadline for Congress to pass a spending package is this Friday. March 23rd. If Congress doesn't pass an omnibus spending package or yet another short-term spending bill, then the government would shut down. If Congress does resort to another continuing resolution, it would be the sixth time this fiscal year. That's right, the sixth time since the fiscal year began on October 1st. Some of the issues hindering negotiations this time include immigration and funding for a transportation project that connects New York and New Jersey and of much importance to many of our podcast listeners, the bill could include a tax title. By the time this podcast is released, we'll likely know the answer. Now it's looking doubtful, but as I record this, a tax title is still possible. Now saying there may be a tax title means the bill may include some changes to the tax code. Those changes could address the so-called grain glitch, which I won't discuss here, but I'll tweet a link as well as the qualified improvement property issue once again I won't discuss it here I'll tweet a link on that as well now a tax title could also be a vehicle to carry some Cantwell Hatch and Corbello Neal tax legislative enhancements extensions and expansions to the low-income housing tax credit stay tuned and follow me on Twitter for updates with the new tax law in effect one question remains is whether there's a place for tax extender provisions in the new tax code. You'll recall that the budget deal reached in February extended through 2017, certain tax provisions expired in 2016. So, they're once again expired. The House Ways and Means Tax Policy Subcommittee held a hearing last Wednesday to discuss the future of those tax extenders. The hearing also touched on what the constant uncertainty for tax extenders' means for businesses and investors. More than 20 stakeholders from various industries testified at the hearing. Some advocated for making certain tax incentives that were proven as good policy an indefinite part of the tax code. Others were generally against what they see as tax preferences. Subcommittee Chairman Vern Buchanan of Florida said that tax extenders should not be business as usual and that it's time to either make tax provisions permanent or eliminate them. House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Kevin Brady agreed. Brady said that temporary measures are rarely good policy. Brady's view on extenders are in contrast to his counterpart in the Senate. Senate Finance Committee Chairman Orrin Hatch introduced legislation to extend 26 temporary tax provisions for two years. The bottom line is there's no consensus on the issue, so it's unlikely that any sweeping action will make all extenders permanent or eliminate them anytime soon. Plus, I would note, certain parts of the new tax law are, in some ways, going to become extenders as they are temporary provisions, particularly on the individual side. Last week's Tax Policy Subcommittee hearing is a first step in determining the future of tax extenders, or at least this set of tax extenders, in a post-tax reform landscape. Speaking of tax reform, Ways and Means Committee Chairman Kevin Brady said Republicans are considering a second phase of tax reform this year. That's right, a second phase, a phase two of tax reform. Chairman Brady said that phase two could make permanent some temporary tax cuts for working families that were enacted in the 2017 tax bill, the future extenders, as I noted earlier. President Trump said he's been working with Chairman Brady on a plan. A White House spokesman told Fox Business News that there's no formal policy yet as Trump waits for Larry Kudlow to become his economic advisor. This is after Gary Cohn announced his resignation as White House National Economic Council Director, and President Trump chose Larry Kudlow as his replacement. The spokesman said the administration supports a second phase of tax overhaul that would make individual tax cuts to these future extenders permanent and would tackle capital gains. Now, Speaker Paul Ryan said earlier this month he doesn't think there will be major changes to the tax code, just some technical glitches that will need to wait until the end of the year to be fixed. Unless, of course, some of them can work their way into the omnibus bill that's being discussed right now. However, Ryan may be willing, or choose to, put up a bill for a vote in the House that would serve as a messaging bill. That is, it would pass the House, not pass the Senate, and would be something that would demonstrate how the House Republicans view certain tax issues. Now, considering midterm elections are in November, and the fact that the 2017 bill had such difficulty passing, it's hard for me to imagine that a Phase 2 of tax reform would be easier to pass or was, is possible to pass before the fall elections. However, I'll continue to monitor the status of a Phase 2 tax bill, and I'll keep you updated in future podcasts and on Twitter. In other news, the National Low Housing Coalition issued its annual report last week a report on the availability of affordable rental housing for low-income residents. And as to our regular listeners, this won't come as much of a surprise, unfortunately. It isn't good news. The report says the United States has a shortage of 7.2 million affordable available rental homes for extremely low-income renters. The report says there are 35 affordable available rental homes for every 100 extremely low-income renters. Now, extremely low-income renters are households that are either at or below the poverty level or who earn 30% or less of the area median income. Now, for perspective, last year's report said the shortage was $7.4 million, so the need is down slightly. However, the need is still enormous. Now, the National Low-Income Housing Coalition calls for efforts to expand and improve the Low-Income Housing Tax Credit and specifically mentions the Affordable Housing Credit Improvement Act, there's a link to the report in today's show notes if you want more details. Now let's turn to the CD5 Fund. Last week, the fund awarded $120 million to 40 organizations through the fiscal year 2017 round of the Capital Magnet Fund. This money is for affordable housing and activities related to economic development in low-income communities. There were 120 applicants that had requested $540 million for affordable housing investments. And Once again, 40 organizations out of the 120 were successful and there's $120 million to award. You can go to the CDFI Fund website for a link to the awardees. And in other news, the National Park Service released its annual report on federal historic tax credits. It's pretty powerful. During fiscal year 2017 the National Park Service issued more than 1,500 Part 2 certifications representing more than $9 billion in rehabilitation costs under the historic tax credit program. The report also said that more than 100,000 jobs were created by historic tax credit investments and rehabilitations in 2017. And finally, the Oklahoma legislature is considering two bills that would cap the state's zero emission production tax credit for wind projects. Oklahoma ranks second nationally in terms of installed wind power capacity there's no cap currently on the state's zero emission tax credit although the law signed in the last year required wind farms to be operational by last july to be eligible for the credit in 2016 the state paid seventy four million dollars in credits but the bills proposed a cap at either five million or ten million dollars those amounts annually i'll keep you posted on the bills which have both passed out of committee now remember You can find more details on these topics in today's show notes on our website. Well, that brings me to the end of this week's report. As a reminder, tomorrow is the deadline for states to nominate Opportunity Zones or request an extension. For the latest news on the Opportunity Zones program, be sure to bookmark our new Opportunity Zone Research Center page. We'll keep it updated with program announcements and documents. You can go to www.opportunityzoneresourcecenter.com. The link is in our show notes. And if you have questions about Opportunity Zones, please reach out to my partner, John Chiretti in our Dover, Ohio office. That's it for now. I'm Michael Novogratik. Thanks for listening. This weekly podcast has been brought to you by Novogratik & Company LLP. Archived discussions are available online at wwwnovacodecom forward slash podcast or by subscribing to the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast in iTunes. Novogradic & Company LLP is a national certified public accounting and consulting firm with offices nationwide. Learn more about our professional services at www.novacode.com.